Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Bobby Sills, Communications Executive at the CII. In this episode, I'll be talking to Dr. Matt Connell. In this episode of the podcast, we're talking about the CII's latest public trust index and what it means for those working in the insurance profession. We are joined by Dr. Matt Connell, Policy and Public Affairs Director at the CII. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And here's my conversation with Dr. Matt. Hello, Matt. Thank you for joining me on CII Radio today. Hi, pleasure to be here. Very pleased to have you here with us. So firstly, the CII's Public Trust Index measures public attitudes towards insurance. Um, Kicking off quite broadly, can you explain some of the detail around the index and remind our listeners a bit about what it is? Absolutely. So it's an index that we set up back in 2018, uh, basically asking the question, what what level of trust uh, do consumers have in insurance? Uh, And we set it up. Uh, for both retail consumers and uh, and SMEs, uh, and in the last five years, we've we've seen a lot of change and, and and a lot of interesting trends coming out of it, as you can imagine, especially with with lockdown. And so so what what we do with the with the, with the trust index, um, we we started off by having really in depth interviews, uh, and not just not just focus groups or, or one off interviews, but an in depth process where we ask consumers to to think about. What was really important to them about protection and insurance so so the whole area of protection and not just insurance products and then from that um and, and from a series of uh, in-depth uh, interviews we, we got a sense of, of nine key areas uh where, where people uh really find that the kind of the moments the matter the, the things that really they're really important for people in buying and, and claiming on on insurance and and nine nine areas is a lot but i think it, it really emphasizes the fact that insurance is not a simple service to to deliver there's there's an awful lot of things that that you've got to get right and they and they don't always kind of pull pull in the same direction so for example uh, the kind of things that people told us were really important some things were, were were ease of service so being able to do business easily with people um but then of course another area is is confidence being absolutely clear about um what what their policy covers and and whether the insurance insurer is going to be there to to help them uh when they need it um and equally on the, on the claim side um one very important element is speed of service um but then another very important element is the respect and and, and compassion insurers show when when a claim being made, so treating people like a, a loyal customer uh, rather than a potential potential fraudster. So, so we measure all these all these different elements, and, and the way we do that is through a survey of, of fifty questions uh, or fifty statements. And for each statement, we ask people uh, to say uh, how important that statement is. Uh, and and also how their own insurer is 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 performing against that. So, for example, one uh, one statement is: um, uh, it, Does the insurer inform me clearly about what the policy covers and excludes? Um, another one is saying: Have, have you had your risks? As, my insurer uh, assesses my risks uh, individually and not generically. So it's these these kind of statements about how people feel about about the process as they're going through it and rating the performance and 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 uh, the importance uh, 
Uh, and basically, at the end of that, um, we, we get a sense of uh, how, how insurers are, are doing, what the expectation gap is um, between what people think is important and how insurers are performing against that, that measure. And that gives us a really rich idea of, of how people feel about, about their insurer um, and, and, and how, they, uh, how, they, how, how that feeling is developing over time. For example, with lockdown uh, and all problems with, with travel at the beginning of coronavirus, what we saw was that people felt that the respect and compassion they were getting from their travel insurer um, dipped a lot. But then once those travel issues um, got sorted out, and in particular around the airlines um, paying the compensation they were supposed to, to pay, what we saw was the respect score bouncing back again. So, so what we see is that that trust isn't isn't completely static. It does go up and down, um, but there are some 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 very some very important themes that 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 don't go away. Excellent. And obviously, you know, you've explained some of sort of the key areas addressed by the public trust index there. Can you tell us a bit about some of the main findings from the latest index that was published by the CII? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so for this one, uh, what we did is we, we decided to look at the, the outcomes through the lens uh, of, of one topic that people are talking a lot about, which is the new consumer duty. So, so we know that the FCA for a couple of years now has been working on this new consumer duty for consumers. Consumers and and in a lot of cases for for small businesses as well. And and basically what the FCA has been doing there is it's it's saying that it wants to see it's going to measure firms a lot more uh, against uh, four four outcomes, uh, governance, price, understanding and, and the support uh, that, that consumers get. Uh, and the FCA and it's it published a, uh, an updated policy statement just before just before Christmas. Where, where they said how they're going to, to measure those outcomes in future. Uh, so, for example, one area they're going to look at is what they call fair value. Uh, and what they said is, are they going to ask, do consumers pay a price for products and services that represent fair value? Another area was on the quality of, of products and services. Another was there was the treatment that, that consumers receive uh, when they're dealing with um, financial services firms, including uh, insurers and brokers. Uh, and then finally, um, the, the, the other big area that they're going to measure on is what they call confidence. So what they call um, confidence in the financial services markets uh, equipped and, and, and to make sure that they're equipped with the right information to make effective, timely and properly informed decisions about their products and services. So uh, what the consumer duty is, it's not so much a whole new set of rules and, and forms that people have to fill out and sort of prescriptive instructions that people have to follow. The consumer duty is more the FCA saying, we're going to measure you on the outcomes now, not on how many hoops you 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 jump through or how many hamster wheels you you won't run around so it's 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 saying for example um in terms of information for consumers the fca is not going to measure so much the amount of information or the amount of content that gets pumped out and and delivered to to, to consumers it's going to measure how much uh, consumers understood at the end of it uh, and what the fca said is that firms should be doing that as well they should be measuring the outcomes for 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 consumers uh, and, and in a sort of cycle of, of monitoring and, and learning from the from the monitoring and then implementing changes to the proposition that, that come out from that learning experience. So the FCA isn't going to be coming in so much to check firms' files anymore to see that they've given out the right pieces of paper. What they're going to be doing is, is asking firms what, what research, what insights they've got into their 
uh, customer's experience and and what they've been doing to improve their proposition on the back of those uh, on the back of those insights, uh, and that's something that the public trust index is is very much designed to do. So, for example, if we take the, the FCA's uh, first indicator, first thing they want to measure fair value, where consumers pay a, a fair price for products and services. Uh, or, or pay a price for products and services that represents fair value. Um, what, what the public trust index tells us is, is, first of all, for most consumers, value is more important than price. So often with comparison websites, we hear a lot about price being all important. And sometimes it feels uh, like the, the regulator and, and uh, the sort of regulatory community thinks that price is, is, is more important. For example, when we look at sort of competition inquiries and, and things like that. But what the trust index tells us is there's six elements that people feel are more important than simply having the cheapest policy on the market. Um, one of the, the first one, most important, it's obviously really, you know, really understandable is that that people want confidence that the insurer will pay out. So that's that's the that's the big thing, and they're prepared to pay more if they feel more confident. Um, the second is they want an easy way to do business. So you know they might they're not going to hunt down the, the cheapest policy, spending hours and hours um, researching it. Um, the third one in terms of importance is they want to be rewarded for, for loyalty. They, they don't want to pay higher prices because they're an existing customer. They want to be uh, given discounts because they're an existing com- customer. The, the fourth one is that they want to an uh, appropriate level of, of protection. So that's a little bit different from confidence that the insurer will pay out. It's, it's being able to manage the amount of the dial up or dial down the amount of things that they're covered for according to what's important to them. And then the next on the list is that claims are paid quickly. And then, and then of course, uh, another important element is, is having respect from the insurer when, when they, when they make a claim. You know, the, the proposals for the consumer duty are, um, you know, an important step in terms of sort of raising trust. Um, I was just going to ask, what does the, the public trust index reveal about whether the profession is ready um, for the proposals? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so I guess if we, if, if we look at how, how insurers are doing. I think one one thing to say is that overall, insurers score a, a pretty solid score on on a lot of the FCA's um, areas. Um, so so take overall confidence, for example. I think there's the the insurers um, score a, a very solid score against key statements like I know, I know what my policy covers and 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 what it doesn't cover. Uh, so so I guess one one very revealing score is is people consumers are asked. Um, whether or not they agree with the statement for their for their insurer, I know the company pays out quickly and worries about paperwork later. So that's 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 a bit more of a probing question than than just do do you understand your policy and, and what it covers. And and about um, forty eight to fifty three percent of customers agreed with that. They agreed that they felt trust in their company to to get the unnecessary paperwork out of the way and just focus on on, on paying claims. And then there was about 10, 10 to fifteen percent of people who who disagreed with that with with that comment. Uh, and then there's about 30% of, of of consumers, um, depending on the product, sort of motor insurance, travel insurance. Uh, or home insurance, who 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 were who were undecided, uh, neither agreed nor disagreed. So I think what that shows is 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 a situation where there is confidence in the market. It's insurance isn't a, a market where people um, you know kind of think it think it's broken and don't want to have anything to do with it. But nevertheless, 
uh, there's a there's a significant number of of consumers who are ambivalent uh, about insurance based on their past experience or based on, on on what they've heard about it, and and what we've what we found is that it, throughout all, all all the measures is that the kind of insurer that that most people want is is a bit like a good butler. They don't want to be talking to their insurer and have a friendly relationship with their insurer on a daily basis. But when they need their insurer, when they need some advice about risk, um, or when they need uh, to know how they how they how they're going to go about making a claim, uh, they they want the insurer to be um, really receptive and 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 really coming back quickly uh, on 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 the things they need. So some of the statements where we find the biggest expectation gap where, where people say the performance is lagging behind how important they think it is um, most, most significantly uh, are, are areas like uh, statements like assuring co- uh, consumers that their risk are assessed individually rather than using uh, generic assumptions. We saw a very, um, a, a very visceral, um, very, very challenging uh, kind of piece of work on 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 that very subject just uh, just a couple of days ago um, with the Citizens Advice Bureau coming up and saying that as far as they're concerned it doesn't look like uh, people from ethnic minorities uh, are having their risks assessed according to um, empirical factors like you know kind of the crime levels in the area they live in for for motor insurance so 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 that really is an important one that consumers are talking about but also that consumer representatives are talking about that that risks are, are assessed properly uh, on on people's individual risk um, rather than generic assumptions that that don't ring true uh, for the individual consumer. And and then three other areas are handling handling complaints um, professionally and fairly, uh, informing buyers about the claims process before they buy, and and detailing what the policy covers uh, and excludes, which again is one where insurers get get quite a good score, but but however good it is, they could they could always they could always do better. Um, and so it's those areas where where people in those key moments people want a really interactive uh, relationship with their insurer on price, for example, if they find a lower price elsewhere, they'd like their insurer to jump in and, and say, or perhaps even preempt that and, and say, this competitor would give you a cheaper price. So, so this is the price we're offering you. So in, in key areas, when, when it really counts, um, they, Consumers want the, the butler of the insurance company to sort of spring into action and to have solved the problem before they even realise that there is a problem. Um, but then in other areas, they, they want the insurer to, to retire to the background uh, and, and not send them, spam them up with 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 loads of emails or, or social media that, that that they don't want. Yeah, I like the um, the butler comparison. <laughs> um, throughout 2020, we saw the devastating effect that COVID-19 had on businesses, which obviously led to a great deal of debate on on how this would impact trust in insurance. Um, sort of two years on from this, how has public trust shifted in this time? Yes. Yeah, so so what what we've seen is a, a big a big drop in in trust amongst firms that were that were affected by uh, business interruption uh, or, or were affected, whose business was interrupted most by by the pandemic i think what what um what what's easy to forget is that that actually kind of about half of, of businesses weren't weren't affected a, a huge amount and, and a small number actually kind of had more opportunities in in lockdown than they than they did before and so what what we need to do is you know kind of probably 
it might feel as though um, business interruption isn't such a big issue now as as it used to be. Um, but what it is is there's still a, a small number of firms for whom trust has 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 been impacted. Um, and and if you just look at the sort of overall satisfaction for the sector, that doesn't look like it's 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 just gone up by um, a couple of percent or gone down by 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 a couple of percent. It's it's sort of in the low 80s early early 70s percent when you ask people how satisfied they are with their insurer but if you dig down beneath that there is still a, a, a big impact uh, in terms of of trust for SMEs who, who were affected by lockdown and I think what, what we found is that funnily enough for, for business interruption uh, a lot of the metrics in terms of these sort of key nine indicators the metrics aren't that far behind things like employer liability and, and other forms of of insurance. And I think what might have happened is that with business interruption, we've had the test case, we've had cases since then. And so we've had a sense of, yes, there, there was an issue, but that issue is is being dealt with um, in, in, in the courts in a, in, a, in a very obvious and open way. Um, but what, what's happened is people have taken what they've heard about business interruption into other areas like employer liability. And 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 they don't have so much confidence there because all they've got is that vague sense of I know something bad happened in insurance and I haven't heard anything specifically about the insurance that I've got. So um, so my trust my trust and my confidence has has been impacted. So I think it, it's 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 what it, what it shows is that uh, something that happens in, in one area of insurance. Can have an impact in on other products uh, or or in other markets, um, perhaps even more so than it does in the market where the where the problem uh, occurred in the first place. Yeah, excellent. And um, as you mentioned earlier, the Financial Conduct Authority has recently published its latest proposals for a consumer duty um, that sets out new proposals for tackling harmful practices for consumers and, and ensuring a higher standard of consumer protection. The rules will obviously require firms to focus on supporting customers to make good financial decisions and providing consumers with information they can understand and products and services that are fit for purpose. Will the public trust index change as a result of the FCA's consumer duty? And, and if so, how, how will it change? Yes. So, so what we've done we, for, for this round of the, of, of the public trust index, we've, we've really looked at how, how the results of the public trust index map across to the FCA's areas that it's looking at. And, and, and what we're going to do is, is um, in, in time, we're going to um, go back to consumers, do that process of the, of the qualitative interviews again to, to really make sure that, that consumers understand or that we understand what, what's what's affecting consumers in 2022 as opposed to, to, to back in, in, in 2018. Um, and we're also going to be talking to the FCA and, and ask and, and, and showing how our results uh, have developed uh, and, and asking both the FCA and um, practitioners as well, our own members, about the kind of issues that they, the kind of lens that they want to, to look at issues through. So, for example, one thing we do at the moment is ask people whether they bought through a comparison website or not, but, but we can open that out to look more at things like whether whether um, people have, have, have 
bought a product with a recommendation from a professional advisor, from a broker, or, or whether they've bought the, the insurance um, themselves without without advice. Um, so there's there's different focuses and different lenses that we can put on the data um, to, to really uh, make it clear which which sectors are, are performing really well. And we want to, to sing out the, the good news stories from, from those sectors, but also which which areas of the market confidence isn't so high and, and, and give practical advice and steps to, to how, how we can address that. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And finally, looking ahead, um, how will the CII continue to help the profession to improve public trust and insurance um, sort of in 2022 and, and beyond? Absolutely. So, so, so right across the piece, um, we're, we're having conversations with policymakers, with parliamentarians and, and regulators about what good looks like. And we want to uh, share that with practitioners equally, um, looking at where, where practitioners are, are making breakthroughs through, through new technology or, or through new, new forms of training, new forms of, for example, uh, getting people ready for, for difficult situations uh, with, with customers with, with particular needs and, and really um, emphasising emphasizing good practice, setting out where, where good practice exists, uh, setting out the practical steps that, that, that we can all take uh, as a profession uh, to serve consumers um, widely. For example, publishing guides on communication with consumers in, in, in later life, something that's going to be coming out this year. So, so really just having, having that conversation, having that conversation with practitioners, getting practitioners in the same room as policymakers and, and, and parliamentarians, as we've been doing with in areas like insurtech and, and sustainability, um, but also developing good practice guides with the, with the, with the societies uh, around key areas, key challenges for the sector, um, so that we can really deliver trust that's built on, on on really, really good service in future. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, there's a wealth of guidance out there and often it's about signposting people, um, you know, to this guidance. But yeah, it sounds like there's a lot on the horizon, which is which is great. Thank you, Matt, for speaking with me today. It's um, obviously a hugely important topic and vital that we continue to measure trust and, and take practical steps towards improving public confidence in insurance. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for joining me on CII Radio. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening to CII Radio.